Hello, friend and colleague. It's Nikki from Full Voice Music on the podcast today, episode 172. My returning guest is Jessica Baldwin. She is a trauma-informed life, creativity, and voice coach. Today's conversation is the specific exercises she uses with her singer artists in order to help them come out of hiding and to get a better idea of what their music and their voice is all about. Creativity Artistic Coaching, right here on the Full Voice Podcast. Hello, thank you, and welcome to another episode of the Full Voice Podcast. My friend and colleague, I hope you are doing well. If you are new to the podcast, my name is Nikki, and I have been teaching a voice for over 30 years, as well as running Full Voice Music, a small but mighty publishing company for young singers, um, for teachers who work with young singers. And um, I'm so glad that you're here. This podcast is for professional voice teachers. We share pedagogy, we share business strategies, we share best practices for the modern teaching studio. And today, our conversation is about artistic coaching. Ah, something something that a lot of us realize. Maybe maybe you started teaching and you're you were kind of focusing on the voice and I certainly know that when I got started it was all just about voice production, but as I started working longer and longer and realizing a lot of my young singers and you know young singers too, like preteens and teens, um really need some space to discover who they are and what they want to do and how they want to use their voice. And sometimes we don't give them the space to do that. And that's certainly something that I try to incorporate in my lessons is understanding that their singing journey is different than mine, very different from mine. And my experiences are not their experiences. And I like to think myself as a guide on the side. I love that. I I stole that from a blog somewhere. And it's moving away from that master apprentice approach, um, which many of us are discovering has been a toxic relationship for some of us. So for those of you who are looking to have more inclusive and welcoming studios, I think you're going to find the conversation, any of the conversations that I've had with Jessica Baldwin to be very enlightening very enlightening about giving our students space and helping them to, giving them the permission actually sometimes to truly discover what they are about um, in the, in the voice and the sounds they want to make in the image they want to perceive. It's a, it's a really fabulous conversation. Now, before I welcome Jessica onto the show, um, I do want to remind everybody, if you are listening to this podcast at time of uh, release, it is uh, almost the end of November. And to all my American friends, happy Thanksgiving. I do hope that you have a beautiful weekend, a rejuvenating, not a stressful weekend. I know Thanksgiving can be a very stressful weekend, Um, but I want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. But uh, jumping on to the Black Friday fun, um, every year Full Voice has a song sale. 
Ah, that's right. You can save 20% on all our song download packages. On our digital song books, if you are teaching online or if you have large groups of singers that you would like to make copies for, digital song books actually make a lot of sense. And our backing tracks. So you can save 20%. Our sale goes to November 28th. Don't miss it. So if you're listening to this on Friday when we release, you gotta you got the weekend and a day. <laughs> get, get shopping. Um, and full disclosure, oh my goodness, the my inbox was full of all these Black Friday specials. And I have to say, I did take advantage of some of my favorite um, stores. <laughs> I did do some Christmas shopping, so there you go. Anyhow, friends, the song sale. Um, We have new releases. We have some brilliant new songs, and we are welcoming a new composer, Ben Bowen. So um, we're we're introducing some more contemporary style music. Um, We've got a blues study, and we've got this pop folk song called When Winter that is just delightful, and I hope you'll check it out. And speaking, and this is going to tie in with our topic today, uh, your young students do want to sing contemporary music. I don't know who needs to hear that. And uh, giving them the space to do that. Please, please make sure you let them sing the the music that they want to sing. It's so important. Anyhow, um, uh, song sale, fullvoicemusic.com. Check it out. And without any further ado, our delightful conversation about helping our artists, our our young artists, or artists of any age, actually, with Jessica Baldwin. Welcome to... Thank you. (laughs) To the (laughs) in-person podcast. And I know my listeners can't see this, but uh, Jessica Baldwin is here at the convention. Are you having a good time? I am having a good time. It's, I'm, I'm almost all hugged out. It is a hug fest for sure. (laughs) Yeah. But it's been nice, you know, to, to see people in person that I've only known through screens for the past couple years. It's pretty cool. You were much taller than I expected. (laughs) I'm serious. I was like, how is everybody so tall? And and Jen's like, no, you're the height I expected. And I don't know if I should be offended or not. (laughs) Thanks, Blanton. I don't know what that means. Right? Um, So, Jessica, first of all, I need to thank you. You had some wonderful conversations with me for the previous season. And I do want to tell you that we received a lot of feedback and you really helped some people to uh, understand or to think differently. I think you probably hit people in the feels about (laughs) maybe their own journeys and your conversations about helping our students, our singers, our artists to find their authentic self and, and also recognizing that that space was not held for many of us if we had gone through classical training or even just, I mean, we're really reevaluating that master-apprentice approach and just yeah. that it doesn't serve very many people. But I was curious, so this is purely an indulgent question. <laughs> I would like to know how you deep dive with some of your, with some of your artists. Like, what, because you're not just doing vocal exercises with them there's so much more correct so would you mind sharing some of that information because I think it would be helpful sure so some of my artists I work with one-on-one and some of them I work with in groups Uh, regardless 
when they decide they want to do some of this identity, authenticity, mm. a self-actualization work, we do a deep dive into a series of questions I have some standard questions that I start with with people, mm-hmm. but often the answers lead to more questions. Yeah. And in a coaching scenario, that's kind of our primary skill is the right question, you know, sure. at the right time. So um, we're, we're just trying to get to the root of things like what's important to that person, mm-hmm. what's their story, uh, their history their values, their purpose as they see it on this planet, and how music fits into that purpose, Mm. Uh, how they want music to have an influence in the world and make an impact, how they want music to have an influence in themselves, and the parts of themselves that they feel are showing up in the world in a way that they're happy with mm-hmm. and the parts of themselves that they feel are not showing up in the world and but that they wish would. Sometimes mm-hmm. we're doing work to help align what they think is out there versus what is actually out there. Oh, Sometimes we're doing some perception work around what's what's actually present and is it lining up with what they think is present and mm-hmm. what they want to be present. Um, doing some acceptance work around stuff. If they're like, I didn't realize I was doing that, or I didn't realize it came across that way. Wow, um, interesting. Um, so it's a, uh, it's often not singing. Yeah. You know, lots of talking through stuff, doing different sorts of exercises, um, and one of the more interesting ones happens when. I've worked with someone who is maybe having a lot of difficulty answering some of these questions. Mm. They are not aware of what their purpose is or what their values are Mm. or how they show up in the world, how they want to show up in the world, what's important to them, what makes them unique, Mm -hmm. what makes them happy. Even the basic question, why do you sing, Mm. can be a brand new question mm-hmm. for many many of the voice teachers I work with <laughs> oh right you know I mean this isn't just you mm. know this isn't just anybody these are people who've been through years of school in sure. many cases so there will be some interesting anxiety that comes up when they realize they don't have answers they're having trouble accessing answers mm. They're having trouble accessing a sense of themselves as a separate, unique human being. Hmm. And the exercise around visual identity is often a doorway into some answers for people. And I did not expect that to be true. But um, as I've done it, sometimes I do a sort of a short version of this work just over a few weeks um, with my colleague, Julie Dean. Mm -hmm. So she and I started noticing the first couple times we did this course, like when we did the visual stuff, if people were kind of freaked out by the first questions, as soon as we started doing the visual stuff, we asked questions about things like, just basic, like what colors do you like? Right. You know, it can be a starting place. 
Mm-hmm. But we'll also ask things like, what sort of items do you like in your space? What fabrics do you enjoy? How do you use space? Do you like a lot of things in a space? Do you like it more minimal? Wow. What settings do you like to be in? Do you like cities? Do you like the beach? Do you like the forest? Um, are there textures you enjoy? Are there um, uh, works of art? Like, are there styles of art that you enjoy or certain artists that you enjoy? Uh, objects that you enjoy like just as many as physical items as Mm. we could start to bring into people's awareness Mm -hmm. and it was usually a homework assignment that we would give between sessions and they would make a Pinterest board it's kind of an (gasps) easy way to put put a bunch of visuals on one page and we do that partially because I learned when I was working with visual artists mm. on any of my stuff, that they were often asking for a Pinterest board of my visual inspirations. In a, so like a photographer for a photography session or maybe a web designer or, you know. Mm. So a Pinterest board get used in those spaces a lot so they mm-hmm. can kind of get a sense of what stuff you like. I like that. So we had to make a Pinterest board and... It was amazing the transformation that would happen between the first session when we had done some big picture questioning to the second session after they had done the Pinterest board, how they suddenly literally like sat up straighter and had a a brightness about them and um, more confidence, like a groundedness, more groundedness in their sense of themselves and like a sense of delight around Mm. some of the discoveries that they'd made oh wonderful and sometimes it was just the basic like man it was just so nice to think about what I like whereas you know in the first in the first um session if we'd ask questions like what musical artists are your models Mm -hmm. what genres do you see yourself in what are some of your favorite songs (laughs) and if they've really had trouble identifying some of those things it's, it's weird to not really be able to connect to what you like mm. when someone's asking you what you like mm-hmm. or to feel like it's all mixed up in what you should like, mm-hmm. which for a lot of the voice teachers and musicians I've worked with, particularly ones who've come through academia, there's mm-hmm. so much should uh, tugging oh. on the what you really like. Yeah. So in this visual space, there's no should, right? There's no, there's no anybody from school telling them what they should or should not like in these categories, these visual categories. And they would look over these Pinterest boards and they'd be like, holy cow, look, I like this kind of space and I like these colors and I have like this feel. And it was really interesting how it started giving them a sense of self hmm. through this subconscious visual representation of themselves. Hmm. And occasionally people would come in and have this really cool, interesting mixture of different influences and visual things they like. Sometimes movies, you know, or like a book cover, an illustration, or something, you know, really anything visual. And some folks would come in and feel like, I'm too scattered. This isn't unified enough or whatever. Oh, interesting. And, um, and to affirm, like, no, this is cool. Like... It, Everybody, when we do it in group versions, it's interesting because everybody in the group <laughs> would go, it's you. Like, we can clearly they, see that that's you. And But they were not convinced. Yes. Really? Yeah. They were like, 
is this me? I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. This feels too, too scattered or too whatever. And to everybody else in the room, it doesn't feel that way at all. It feels like the beautiful multi-dimensional person that that is, just in a, an interesting visual representation of themselves with a bunch of objects or spaces or whatever that they like. It was a really powerful tool. It continues to be a very powerful tool. And, you know, it ends up having this great purpose of giving people visual fodder for social media posts that they might want to create or things that they might want to put on a stage when they are performing wow. or like I know for me personally I mean I, I had already done vision boards for multiple things but mm. I, because I continually do this work with people yeah I'm I'm often re-examining these questions for myself and things might shift a little bit and it's actually made shopping for clothes way more fun anytime oh, I'm doing an event yeah. so even like for this conference yeah. I was like, ooh, you know, I've been noticing this shift in my aesthetic, kind of feels like this, and I like these colors and whatever, and it was so fun to do clothes shopping. Okay, so I have to tell my listeners that every time Jessica has walked into the exhibit hall, you have, like, I, I immediately, the, you just have these great outfits, and I'm like, she looks so good every time she walks in. <laughs> that orange dress that you were wearing, uh huh, that was amazing, and then... <laughs> Like honestly, I don't. I'm not. I'm not coming on to Jessica on my <laughs> podcast. But no, it. I could tell that you put you had created something, and that was you were that was your expression. Like, and it stood out, and it was neat to see that. And I, I did come up to you. Where have you got that dress? <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you for that. I think that's really helpful. That that um, process. And I, I was just thinking as you were talking. I can imagine it being challenging for somebody that has spent a lot of time trying to squeeze into these narrow expectations or fit in, mm -hmm. you know, or somebody maybe who's been like in a choir and you just wear what they tell you to wear and now you want to be on stage and you don't even know where to start. Yeah. Yep. I can imagine that it would be challenging. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I mean, when we had to do recitals and stuff like that, there were... We might have had personal choice up to a point, you know, within mm -hmm. whatever parameters were considered appropriate for mm -hmm. that setting. So to move into spaces where you have complete freedom of choice, mm -hmm. that can be a pretty anxiety-inducing experience. Mm -hmm. We like boundaries, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Humans like boundaries. Yes. Even adults like boundaries. Mm -hmm. So in a way... This is helping people create their own boundaries mm. that feel a little safer after they have been first given the experience of complete freedom. <sighs> yeah. Because then they go, you know, they're like, oh, okay, I, I really, I like this, I like this, I like this. It builds self-trust and the ability to, ha like, recognize a gut reaction to something that you're just drawn to this or you're just drawn to that. This feels good like the way that looks void of any concern for shoulds or you know other people's opinions about whether that's a cool thing to like or whatever it is mm -hmm. and then you get this cool you know if we're talking about the pinterest board for instance you get mm -hmm. this cool sort of like cheat sheet for yourself that's so helpful that gives you some boundaries like okay i am mm -hmm. recognizing now for instance for myself 
I my color palettes are either jewel tones. Mm. I really like jewel tones. Mm. Or I like red, black, and white. Interesting. So, for instance, this conference, basically everything I have is in the red, black, and white palette. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, so I, people would be like, oh, yeah, the red, black, and white girl. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was not my go-to, but, but I... I so it's a subconscious association, You're though. right. You're you know right. I mean? Yeah. Um, and uh, so that, that kind of guideline that each person gets to give themselves... Feels good, you know? Mm-hmm. And then they did it for themselves. I didn't have to tell them. They, th- we really have it in ourselves, these, these guidelines for what we like and what we don't like. And even when we're scared mm. that we're doing it wrong or choosing the wrong thing, or mm. um, the, it, there's nothing more exciting than to make a choice based on your own gut feeling about yourself mm. and lean into that. Mm-hmm. and see it work out in a really beautiful way. Hey, friend and colleague, it's Nikki from Full Voice Music, and I just wanted to take a second to talk about studio-licensed music. At Full Voice Music, we know how challenging it is as a professional voice teacher to find and facilitate new music purchases for your students. Studio licensed products from Full Voice Music include the legal permission for you to make copies forever. So when you are looking at our song download packages, know that this is not a one-time use song. It is a song that is now part of your professional library and can be used over and over and over. The other permission that comes with our single song downloads is the permission to share the audio tracks. Yes, you can send the MP3s to your students. You can use them and record with them. You can even use them in your recitals. All of this is covered in the licensing under the studio license. If you have any questions about how you can use our materials, just send us a message. You can send me a message, Nikki, N-I-K-K-I, at fullvoicemusic.com. We are dedicated in making our resources accessible to as many teachers and their students around the world. Don't forget to check out our website and save. 20% off song download sale ends November 28th. And see it work out in a really beautiful way. And I can see it working into like, you know, Pinterest boards and for if you were starting a project too, right? If you were looking for artwork or or how you want to do songwriting. What do you, what do you, like, you could use it for so many things. Yes. I mean, it's, so, um, you know, if someone on their board, okay, so for instance, my board, um, some of the spaces I realized I like, I love, like, a really luscious, intimate space, like a jazz club, or, like, a Mm. really great cocktail bar. Um, I love you know, like velvets and mm. and cozy corner booths. And, mm. You know, so I started pulling that into my bio. Oh, interesting. You know, and I, I realized I'm like, actually that sort of, rep- like my music feels that way. Mm. And I think it says something like, you know, an evening with Jess Baldwin is like uh, spending the evening in the corner booth of a speakeasy 
Oh. After most people have gone home and taken oh. their small talk with them. That's so, so good. I, I want, you know, so having some of those visuals allowed me to, to connect some of that kind of sensory information to my music, which gives people a little more to latch on to in terms of whether they will enjoy what I do. Mm. So as with most writing, mm-hmm. we want to use as many sensory words as we can. That's a common songwriting tool. Mm-hmm. Sensory words help human beings connect to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So if we're only living in words that are thinky, feely words, and mm-hmm. we're not bringing people into bodily experiences, visual, smell, taste, touch, those things like that. It's a little harder for them to connect to what we're doing. So I, I think this visual experience is just an example. I think foods are actually one of the things we tell people to include Ooh, as well. That. Yeah. See, it's nice to start with something that is easy, right? Yeah. Like, I like this food, right? Yes. Like, that's something easily defined. And then from there, it gives you permission to go into more things that preferences. Yeah, yeah there was actually a, a client where that was the in she had had such trouble like connecting to what she liked Hmm. and saying you know feeling confident about what she liked musically or about her voice it was a real Hmm. struggle she'd been through a doctoral program and just had been pulled in so many different directions about what she should like and shouldn't like and even though part of her knew that that wasn't what she wanted it was still a struggle but when it came to food like she knew for sure that that was the thing that she was like, oh, I know exactly wow. what I like food-wise. Like, I don't have any trouble choosing. Like, I look and at a menu, and I'm like, oh, I know I like that. I know I don't like that. Interesting. So that was her inch, because then she remembered the feeling of knowing. Right. The feeling right. of knowing, the feeling of not being concerned about what anybody else thought about that food choice that she was making. Mm. So that was kind of her in. Was know? that her struggle? Was that her struggle was that she was worried that her choices would not be, like, approved by others, do you think? Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And, it, and in many cases, it's people know that that's present, you know? Mm. They know they're worried about somebody else. It's mm. that there has to be this gradual deprogramming of the system. Mm. Of the nervous system, yeah, that has associated safety with doing what other people said was okay. Wow! Because there was a punishment of some kind hmm. if there was not an alignment with that person. Hmm. Sometimes it's in childhood. Sometimes it's in school. There's lots of spaces, but there are yeah. consequences for not aligning. Sure, and the nervous system can develop just some you know, some stuff around not aligning. So even if you know, even if this, even if the person is like, I know I'm feeling anxious about this because I had, you know, in this, in this person's case, a a really awful teacher at one time that really made it Mm. difficult for them to feel okay about their, about their voice and about their song choices. And, um, and that was something they, they had to kind of, work through but but connecting to something where they did have a sense of okay I'm allowed in this space to have my opinions I'm allowed in this space to to know what I want and then gradually there was sort of a bridge that started to happen and now she is she is way more confident about singing what she wants to sing she um she just did a really cool cover of a 
80s tune that she'd always wanted to do in her own arrangement, her own version. Wow. She's starting to sing um, in some open mic settings <gasps> for oh, the first time. and That's lovely. You know, so that particular client, those are some of the things that mm-hmm. she's experienced. That was an interesting in for her. Mm-hmm. And other things like, you know, I don't know, if you notice that you keep being drawn to a forest or something, Mm. you're probably going to want to pull a little bit more of that into your songwriting purposefully if you haven't, mm, you know? Interesting. Like, th- it's, it can be fodder for your songwriting, mm. or, you know, maybe you might want a cool, like, backdrop visual on your in your gigs where you've got a forest behind you, or bring a couple plants on stage with you. That's, or, yeah, You know, sure. there are cool ways you can incorporate some of those preferences into into what you do once you realize that they're there. Mm. And, th- and then you're making... You're making more intentional choices that can help you with that space yes. that you're yes. trying to create. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. And you can play, you know? Yeah. It's like you've got this cool sandbox of stuff mm-hmm. where you're like, oh, okay, if I like this, 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 what happens if I put these two things together and I make this play with this? And I, um, you could just do a little more experimentation, again, now with some boundaries that you've created for yourself that, that feel good. That. Is there anything else you've used Pinterest boards for? Is there anything else I use Pinterest boards for? I man, I used to be a huge Pinterest head for a while there. I I have hyperfixation, where I will, once I find a tool or a book or a subject or something that I really love, I just dive real deep for a while. Yeah. So Pinterest yeah. was that for a while, and I used it to. Yeah, I just wanted to collect collect lots of visual versions of, of inspirations. I, you know, I think I did collect some recipes on there, which is a, a common thing people use it for, mm-hmm. or like clothing I liked or spaces I liked. But I think I also collected like photographs of musicians who were inspirational to me. Oh, or, that's the great idea. Um, vintage book covers of oh, the books I'm, that I loved. Yes. Or, oh. Um, I did use it to to also, you know, just be another place where people could find, let's say, blog posts or, sure. you know, things like that in terms of my artist work, uh, places I wanted to travel. Mm. Libraries are one of my favorite spaces. Coffee shops are as well. Mm. And um, so I think I had, like, beautiful libraries of the world Pinterest oh, page. fun. And I had, like, beautiful coffee shops of the world Pinterest page. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I absolutely have, over time, had some, some different collections of things that I enjoy. I know when uh, we were, um, when we were, uh, we took over the corner office in the church where we had our offices, and it was like a delightful orange and blue awfulness. And I remember <laughs> thinking, I am not... This is not a creative space, and I, I don't expect anyone to walk into this room and want to sing anything. And I remember using Pinterest boards um, for inspiration and, you know, Googling or, pin, like, searching things like, you know, music music spaces or offices or, you know, bright color. And and it was, you go down a rabbit hole, right? Then you're, like, kind of like, ooh, this and this. But every once in a while, a pin would come up, and you're like, oh. <gasps> And yeah. stop. Yeah. It's kind of like shopping for fonts. Yeah. <laughs> right? it's, like, it's like font, font. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I, I really appreciate 
the this work that you're doing and how important it is you know this isn't frivolous work I know some people are going to think ah that they can do that on their own but they need help <laughs> that's my finding I'm sure there are some people who can do it on their own right and you know do it on your own I and the people I'm serving are the people who find that difficult mm-hmm. and who want some guidance who want mm-hmm. some reassurance um sometimes we just need someone beside us yeah um uh, or even behind us mm. while we walk, just to know someone's there. Because it's tough. Some of this stuff is tough. It is. You know? And mm-hmm. it, I, I, number one, want people to not feel ashamed of the fact that it's tough. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not going to pretend it's fun and easy for everyone. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that it's always assumed that music is fun. But, you know, music is life. Yeah. Football is life. <laughs> What's that show? Oh my gosh. The soccer, Ted Lasso. Football is life. You know, music is life. Yeah, it's, I mean, it is you. It is you as a human being, being yourself through sound. And music is a multi-sensory experience now. You know, it does have a visual element most of the time for most people. Mm-hmm. Whether you're being seen on a stage or whether you're creating a video or a Instagram post or something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a you're being perceived in multiple ways yeah. and um, you know, we've got this interesting conflict I find in many of us of wanting to be seen and mm. also wanting to hide. <gasps> it's that interesting. And so we've got a, you know, that is not easy I, I, to work uh, through. Sean and I were talking about it. It's that that really challenging toss-up between ego and then imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. And you just, you want people to acknowledge you, but you're worried about what they might think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I I love the process of being present with people as mm-hmm. they do this stuff. And um, man, what I've seen that happens on the other side of the work is so beautiful. Transformations. Yeah, in them. so beautiful. Hmm. Do you ever when you when your students when they when they get to the other side do you remind them like hey do you remember how hard this was a while back and yes. how far you've come yes yeah yeah I have uh, developer is one of my upper Clifton strengths and that's, oh that's a lot about like celebrating small mm. small developments you know mm. we love doing that helping people see changes that might not feel big. So right. I already love doing that already, right, you know, right. but especially the big ones where I'm like, okay, let's think about what was happening a year ago. And it is interesting. Some people do that for themselves, but most people don't. They need the reminder. People, I, I've always felt that that was an important part in the studio, especially sometimes with the, the students, but also with parents too, right? Parents often forget that, you know, it was only a year ago your child wouldn't look me in the eyes or sing anything for me, but now she or she is doing a little solo for you, and that's huge, yes, right? Yes, Sometimes those biggest moments are where, like, the parent sees the video from the recital from last year pop yeah. up, and then they're like, holy cow. One you of know? my one of my family sent me a video of, uh, of my student. She's actually the little girl on the cover of my book and she was six years old when we took that picture she's now 17 mm. and they sent me one of her first recitals and to see this wee little thing <laughs> with the sweetest tiniest little voice Aww. to 
a kiddo that got up, played the guitar, and belted out a lovely song, and it's like, yeah, gosh, it was, it was a lifetime ago. Yes. Right? Yes, yeah. So. I, I haven't worked with, like, kiddo kiddos in a minute, but, um, you know, there was a, the first, you know, big chunk of my teacher career was guiding a lot of kiddos from, from early to mm-hmm. college, mm-hmm. and, man, the shifts that that happen in those years are really yeah. quite astounding. They can change their tastes very, they could just turn on mm-hmm, you and mm-hmm. you'll be like, let's do this, and they're not interested anymore. Yeah. They've discovered something or they yes. want to be somebody else. Yes. We have to respect that. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I sometimes they need to revolt against us, and that's okay, too. That's a good point. That's a good teacher takeaway. <laughs> have to you know that's part of their developmental job is to revolt against the adults around them it's part of them figuring out who they are they've got to honor it you know my my son does that with you know not wanting to bathe (laughs) (laughs) i swear it's personal it's just for me (laughs) (laughs) jessica I love talking to you. Your work is so beautiful. And Thank you, I know Nikki. you're helping so many people. And to my listeners, I, I know you're taking away so much wonderful information to help you create safer spaces and to let our students find their authentic selves and voices. And I just wanted to say, you know, this goes towards the the added challenge now that you know we might be working with people who are struggling with gender identity Mm -hmm. or are changing their opinion on on their identity or looking for a new name or a new way of defining themselves like there's a lot going on and we Mm -hmm. can't we can't just give them prescriptive vocal exercises sometimes yes Mm -hmm. correct (laughs) thank you so much for this we will have you back and thank you for your time and your expertise and uh, where can people find and follow you yes my website is truecolorsvoiceandartist.com instagram facebook tiktok are all true colors voice and artist okay I'm barely on tiktok let's be truthful but Maybe it'll grow down the line. I don't know. By the time people listen to this, who's see, to say? See, if you guys have go on TikTok, I have to go on TikTok. <laughs> I'll be missing out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. So uh, find you on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. Jessica, thank you so much. Thank you so much, And Nikki. it's been so lovely to see you. Jessica's sitting across the, the uh, aisle in the exhibit hall and we have been honestly our aisle is the loudest and it's (laughs) it's always filled with laughter it's a party and jessica has the best laugh so it just (laughs) there it is there it is (laughs) Uh, we've been having such a great time and it's so good to see you here thank you so much you too thank you nikki and thank you for all the lovely work you do for us thank you thank you oh thanks (laughs) 
A very special thank you to Jessica and friends. You can find all of her amazing information if you wish to work with her or learn more about her opportunities at truecolorsvoiceandartist.com. Please find and follow her. So inspiring. Now, next time on the podcast, I've asked my good friend Donna Rodenizer, and full disclosure, I literally just called her on the telephone the other day because I wanted to talk about canons. Canons are those simple vocal melodies that can be used in so many ways. And friends, they are powerful teaching tools. I truly believe we don't have enough canons in our teaching toolbox. So next week, Donna and I are going to talk all about the fun you can have, how you can break them down, how you can help your students with learning to sing in harmony from very young ages. Canons are an amazing tool to get their active listening and their confident singing skills going. We're going to be sharing our favorite canons. And Donna has some and I have some. So great teacher takeaways for those of you working with um, with young singers. Well, actually, sorry, singers of any age. Honestly, I've done some canons with, with my teens and my adults, and they always were fabulous exercises. So canons for everyone. That's what I'm going to call the podcast. That's episode 173 of the Full Voice Podcast. Friends, last time, friendly reminder, do not miss our once a year sale. This is the only time you're going to save on our songs, our digital songbooks, and our backing tracks. Fullvoicemusic.com. We love creating resources for you and your students, and I hope that you will check it out. Friend, as always, uh, I am wishing you inspired teaching, whether you're online or in person, and happy singing. (laughs) 